0: I have 95 days to fix a major problem. Some would say that's plenty of time. Others would say for Dave, it's not enough time. You need a lifetime. And that is this, is that in 95 days, our oldest Sarah is getting married. And I am told even for a good old, former recovering Baptist pastor, that I'm going to have to dance with her in front of all these people. And I have no rhythm. It was very interesting that they had a song. We don't always have our songs we got to clap with. But uh, I have to watch the people on the platform to know when to clap. And in the good old days, when pastors had to wear ties and sit up on the front, no matter who you were, there'd be like four or five of us up on the front, and we would do a song that was a clapping song. And at the time I was a youth pastor, I would look over there, and I'd see 20 or 30 kids just waiting to see how misclapped clapped I did. And they would just start laughing. It wasn't very worshipable for them. They were just laughing at me, very offensive, mean kids. So I need to work on this rhythm thing, you see, because when I think of the way I want to use my dancing rhythmist skills, I, I saw Kevin Rector, you put everybody to shame, where are you? Oh, there you are, thank you man, yeah, I hate you, but, um, but I, I love you in Jesus, but, but uh, you know, this is what I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for something like this. I think I need 85 days. No, 95, 185. I don't think I can fit into those skinny jeans. So that's what I'm going for. 95 days. Get everybody out there. But the reality is, I can't believe I'm going to show this to you, This this is the reality. Some mean people at a snow camp, like eight years, ten years ago, took this when we were playing Dance Dance Nintendo, whatever that thing is. They talked me into it. I didn't show it all to you. It gets worse now. So, rhythm is extremely important for dancing. But rhythm also is very important for life. And it goes to a whole new level, a whole new dimension, when it comes to our spiritual life. When our spiritual life has a rhythm to it, it doesn't mean everything's going to be okay, but it does mean that as we go through these ebbs and flows, we're able to navigate them just a little bit more easier. For us, our definition is this, rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement that keeps us connected to God, allowing the Christ follower to live in, I'm not going to be able to say this word now, shalom, okay, shalom, thank you, peace. It's a strong, it's, it's, it's regular, it's repeated, it's natural, When I look up here and see some of the people clapping, they're not thinking. They're just doing it. They have rhythm. I don't. And then when I think I got it, I'm off. This is the kind of rhythm that we need in our spiritual lives. And all through the Sermon on the Mount, as we talk about it, we see that Jesus is advocating not a do's and don't list. might start off with, being conscious of it that way. But what he's advocating is a rhythm of life, a repeated rhythm, a movement that keeps us connected to God, keeps us aware of him. Some of us would call that rhythm our spiritual discipline. Some of us would call that our habits, our devotions. Whatever they are, that needs to be a rhythm of our lives. You can't do it on Sunday alone. You can't do it, it's not enough. We have to have rhythms in our life. And as things continue to unfold with the, with the virus, you know, I, I am expecting that we will not be meeting together in this room for weeks to come, maybe even next week. And uh, the question is, is, will your rhythms be able to carry you in the place of shalom, peace, through those times? And maybe this is going to be a great opportunity, because if things shut down and you have more time, I hope you're not just going to binge watch on Netflix. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all that happens, in your kind of sequestered in your home, school isn't happening, and you're just, is that what's going to happen? Are you going to, instead, build into some rhythms that can hold and keep traction in your life when things seem to get back to normal. Because these rhythms, these disciplines, these habits connect us to God. It's not that, it's not that we're earning the right to be heard or relate to Him, it's just, it's just the, it's the connection. We never lose that connection to God if we've said, yes, we're always His child but we can either be close to him or not. So, for example, and this isn't to pat me on the back, but, you know, I call my dad three, four times a week. That's just the rhythm. I get in the car. I got ten minutes. Hey, Dad, I'm in the car. He, he knows that I'm in the car. And when I pull in the driveway, see you later. I actually say that or I'm going someplace. Uh, he's not offended by that. But that's a normal rhythm. That, that's different than if I only talk to him once a month and I called him that once a month. What's up? What's going on? It'd be like a little weird. You'd go, what, what's going on? But since it's a rhythm, it's just, it's just a normal connection. And, and we talk about the important things. We talk about the mundane things. And uh, it's almost like we live in the same area. And so that's what we're talking about here with these rhythms with God, to live in shalom, to live in peace, And we got to remember that peace isn't just absence of conflict. Like right now we would say, we're at peace as a country with China. There's no conflict. But we're really not at peace with China. We're not like together. Pray for Palestine, pray for Jerusalem, Israel, and all that. When they say they want peace, they just mean don't throw rocks and throw missiles and things like that. They're not talking about being on the same page and, and moving together. We're talking about a shalom, a peace, that's so much bigger than absence of conflict. All through our series, we've been talking about Jesus can make life better and make us better at life. And that hinges on patterns and rhythms for us. If this is your first time here, again, you can catch up. Uh, all that's available online. And again, if we don't have, can't have church uh, next week or the weeks to come, uh, I will try to have the message uh, online by 10 o'clock. I will get up early and tape it. And then we're not doing live streaming because... There could be hiccups with that, and then you've got to stop and do that. So we're, 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 we'll be doing it this way, but um, you'll be available. Those things will be available there. So when we think about rhythm and we think about all of this, again, this idea of living in peace, uh, we have to understand what does that shalom, what does that peace mean? Again, it's much larger than absence of conflict. Uh, here's a good working definition for us. May you be healthy, whole, complete. And know where you fit in the universe, and may you find peace there. And I'm going to say to you unless you're connected to God, unless you've said yes to Him, unless you've accepted the forgiveness of sin that God offers us through His Son, Christ, His resurrection showing that it's got power, if. You don't have that. You're not connected. And you can have absence of conflict moments of life, but you don't experience this kind of peace, this shalom. And again, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to say this. I've been doing this for 30-plus years. Hopefully, I'm not just spinning my wheels. That finding you are fit in the universe is awesome. We just sang that last song, about knowing who you are and understanding who you are in relationship with God, with Christ. I don't think you can really know who you are in the universe, on the planet, unless you're connected and in a growing connected. Our mission statement says, making a difference in people's lives by leading them to a growing relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Growing relationship. And the idea is that you and I, if we're trying to influence someone and lead them by example, influence, we lead them in a place that we've already been or we're already growing. It's very difficult for me to lead someone, give someone directions, and we're talking lifestyle directions, just not words on a paper or in an email or in a text, but give someone directions to a place that I haven't been. So we talk about this as your leadership team, not that we've arrived, but we have to remind ourselves we can't be a part of leading a church unless we're growing. doesn't mean we get it always right, but if we're not even moving in that direction, if we're not rowing in that direction, we can't lead someone to a place we aren't or haven't been. So again, this peace we find where we fit in the universe Sometimes we don't like where we fit. We have to come to terms with that. But we see where we fit. And we feel complete and whole for that moment. That doesn't mean we stop growing, but we feel complete. I'm complete and whole. I have everything I need to live in relationship with God right now, today. Today you have everything you need to face the next couple hours. You may not have enough, be where you need to be able to face Wednesday, but if you are in that rhythm, that pattern, on Wednesday there could be something crazy happening, and you stay in that rhythm the rest of today, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday it hits. I think you've got what it takes to live that day and if that isn't true if that isn't true we should just kind of all fold up right now and go home have lunch I'm starving I don't know about you I'm always starving but you know why are we here feed my face this feeding my soul things a bunch of baloney then but if it isn't a bunch of baloney then having these rhythms So I feel the music of life, feel my place on the music worship team, if you will. And in a sense, as a church, we're on a bigger worship team than what happens here. We're worshiping in a worship team that everyone plays their parts and it makes great music that God delights in and we have a satisfaction in because we're a part of the band, so this piece, this rhythm is so important. Isaiah 33, 32, page 495 in that paper Bible. And again, I say this, if you don't have a paper Bible, feel free to take that. Totally encourage you to download version, uh, so you have that. Uh, that Psalm 91 I read earlier, I read from the message. Uh, most people don't have access to that, but if you have version, you can look at the message and read it. And it's free. That's great. Isn't it wonderful that, uh, Life Church, under the leadership of Greg Rochelle, gives this stuff away free. Th- that could make them millions and millions of dollars. I-, I would pay for that. I would pay, I shouldn't say this too loud, Greg Rochelle is probably never listening to me, so don't charge, but I, I would pay a subscription for that every year of at least $20. They'd give it to you, give it to us free. Thanks to them. Read Isaiah, Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in the time of distress. Now, sometimes when we hear the word of salvation, we think of getting saved, being born again, saying yes to Christ. When it's in the Old Testament, the idea of salvation is for the circumstance, for the moment, where you're going. So, every morning, our salvation. In other words, he wakes up every day, and he knows it's going to be a crazy day, and he says, you are my daily salvation. You are what empower me to walk through the day. And he starts every morning out this way, reminding himself. First things of the day, what do you do? I make coffee go to the restroom, and then I try to get into some kind of spiritual emphasis. Sometimes I watch the news instead. If I'm not careful, I miss that. But my intention is to start my day with him, so then I start filtering. Because I don't know about you, I drift. Even after a night of good sleep and really not doing anything... I wake up, and somehow I've already drifted. So I want to be recalibrated, start right from the start. And that's a rhythm. It took me years and years and years to make that my rhythm. But it's interesting. It's so easy to slide out of that rhythm. But that's a rhythm that connects us with God and gives us that peace, not that absence of conflict, so much more than that. Reading Psalms. God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before Him, when I got my act together, when I sat before Him. He gave me a fresh start. And I need that rhythm on a daily basis. I need to place all the pieces of my day. I look at my calendar. Good days when I'm in the right rhythm, I look and I say, I'm meeting with this person, this person, and I'll say, Lord, help our conversation, help our conversation add value to that person. I'm not just meeting with that person to take something, get them convinced to do something for the church or whatever. I want to add value to them. I want to reinforce some aspect of faith in their lives. And sometimes, God, you've got to just do it behind the scenes. I don't even know I'm a part of it, but I'm just taking it by faith that I'm connecting with this person. So I lay the day out before him. Lay the day out before him. So when we think about the rhythms of life, I I love this passage. This is what Jesus uh, says. He says it to a bunch of people that are are burned out on religion, the part of do's and don'ts, religion with all these do's and don'ts, no relationships, all this kind of thing. And again, I love the way Eugene Peterson translates. He takes that into account. He knows what is before this passage, so he adds those emphasis because it's as you read through it and you're thinking, if you think about the first few verses, you have those thoughts in your mind. So then when you get down to this, it flushes that Eugene Peterson knows most of us forget about verse 1 and 2 when we get down to verse 20 or whatever but he does that for us to keep that going and we read this are you tired worn out burned out on religion some of you are coming back to church for the first couple times because you were burned out on religion saying things doing one other Sometimes in Christian circles, we can be the meanest people out there. And when you and I experience that, that burns us out. Jesus says, come to me. Now, for us in our day, how do we come to him? How do we get away with me and you'll recover your life? I'll show you how to take a real rest. How to be at ease. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For most, most of us with a lot of church. Under our belt, if you will, uh, we, 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 it, does not sound, it does not sound right to us to hear unforced rhythms of grace because, because we had the, the forced rhythms, the four things we had to do. Jesus says, no, 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 no. When it comes to me, come to me, it's unforced rhythms of grace. It's natural. It's organic. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. First glance at that, I go, wait a minute, that's not true. I've had to do some things that I knew I was supposed to do for you, Lord, and I didn't like the way it fit. It actually chafed around my neck. It gave me a rash. No. He's saying, as you walk with me and come with me and really discover shalom and those rhythms, you'll find that it doesn't chafe around your neck. When something's chafing on my neck, I either say, God, you must be wrong about this, or there's something going on with me. And usually I come to the there's something going on with me. Not beating myself down, just knowing I'm, I'm in the wrong groove. I'm not in his rhythm. So I learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He doesn't lay anything heavy, weighing you down or ill-fitting on you you ever gone backpacking and had your backpack not set up right? Every step is an ache, and then sometimes you've got your backpack set up right, especially some of these with the internal frames, and they set it all right up. And and you know you're carrying 40, 50 pounds, and you know you're carrying weight, but it it doesn't feel the way that other backpack. It it, it fits. It it doesn't feel heavy. It, It fits right. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I don't know about you, but I sometimes feel living freely and lightly is just out of reach. And when I realize it's out of reach, I realize something needs to be recalibrated within me. I can't blame anyone else but myself. But when I keep real company, not going through the motions, not... Pretend time, not cultural Christian, not real Christian time. When I do that, I find I have a freeness and a lightness to life that is unbelievable. That peace, really, that peace allows us to have peace to trust. So today, we're going to hear more things on the news. We're going to have updates. Things are going to change. And will we have peace to trust? comes back to those rhythms, comes back to finding God our refuge. A lot of times when I don't feel peace, I, uh, go out and get a Ben and Jerry's pint of ice cream. Yeah. For a moment, that feels good. And for another moment, it doesn't feel so good. But, uh, but where do I go to? Do I lean into him or do I lean into something else? And, uh, and we can, we can manufacture things that look like it's God and it's not really God. And we do this religious thing. I was re- talking to someone today, and, uh, or not today, a couple of days ago, and they were talking about faith. And they said, yeah, at least both of us have faith. And, and then they talked about doing something that was a little odd to me. And uh, uh, they were trusting in that and uh, well-intentioned, all of that kind of thing. But uh, I, I don't think what they were trusting in was really trustworthy. It wouldn't support the weight of their life. Not from a judgmental way. I, I mean, because if, if that worked, then I would do the same thing. It sounded great, but uh, I, I don't think that's, 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 that's real trust. Peace to trust. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I've put my trust in you, my weight of my life. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. And sometimes show me the way to go is one step at a time. I would like to see a map for the day or at least a couple days, but he promises only one step at a time. Sometimes he gives us more, but a lot of life is one step at a time. Why? So we find that his company is necessary. Because when I don't feel I need him, I can take care of it on my own. I have a tendency to take care of it on my own. I don't lean on him, so it's actually a gift for him to put situations in my life where I have to lean on him constantly, regularly. We also then have the peace to obey, trust, conceptual, I trust, but we really put it into motion when we actually obey and do what he's calling us to do. Very familiar verse, trust God from the bottom of your heart and don't try to figure out everything on your own. There are some times, it's not blind faith, it's not crazy stuff, but there are some times I know what I'm supposed to do, I haven't figured it out all the way, I, can't, I but I still have to trust. I have to put my foot on the ice. I know in my brain it's thick enough, all those kinds of things. But it isn't until I actually step on it, I hear that settling boom. You ever heard someone of those settling booms? It's like, it's all over, I'm good, you know, and it's just settling. It does that all the time. The ice is definitely six inches thick, but still, it's putting your feet on the ice, and you have the peace to obey, and then just the peace to keep on, to keep on moving. Keep on walking through. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. That's a daily moment thing. It's not a get my orders on Sunday and then I live my week. It's every day. It's a few times a day. Uh, Sometimes I I look at... uh, um, Muslims and how they're called to pray three, four, some different, some five times a day. And I say, you know, uh, there's something to that in a sense. As a Christ follower, it shouldn't be uh, a verse a day keeps the devil away in the morning and I don't think about God for the rest of the day. And you say, well, how do you do that, Dave? You're a pastor. You do church stuff. Yeah, I can do church stuff all day. I can do church stuff for a week and kind of just do it and do it disconnected from God because I know the mechanical side of it. We all can do that. So it's a moment-by-moment thing. So then we can, in a sense, keep calm and carry on, and especially in this day and age. What we're going through right now as a nation is a world. We need to keep calm and carry on. That, do, that doesn't mean being stupid, and it doesn't mean making fun of people that are scared. You should have sympathy. Jesus looked at those people and said, they're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And it broke his heart. He didn't say, oh, get with the program. You know, he, he's just, you're so foolish. He realized that that was an indicator that they didn't have a shepherd. How many of the people that are fearful in our world don't have a shepherd? How many of us, when we're not, in a sense, in relationship with Christ in a certain way, so he really isn't our active shepherd in our life, that's where that fear is coming from. So, without a shepherd, there's fear. Without a shepherd, we can't keep calm and carry on. Every morning, I lay, I, lay, I hear you at me again. Every morning, I lay the pieces of my life on your altar and watch fire to descend. I go, well, what does that have to mean? I, Cindy would get upset if I was in my little office at home and all of a sudden I was praying and all of a sudden fire came from on high and like burnt up the couch or something. That wouldn't be a good thing. So, so what does that mean, fire descend? It means I, I wait before God and I look to have him show up and act in my life. And I have to slow down and to really think about his goodness showing up in my life. And start, for me, it's morning. Some of you are not morning people. So the best time for you to do this is at 10, 11 o'clock at night. That's okay. Some of you wouldn't get anything done in the morning. At night, I, wouldn't, I can't read at night. It's just like, oh, what did I, I didn't even read it. So, so pick the time that uh, you, you actually are showing up physically and mentally and spiritually. And then our bottom line is this fitting in this. And we're going to see how this fits in with um, the Sermon on the Mount in just a second. But when life seems to be in pieces, God offers peace. When we lay the pieces before him. But when life seems to be in pieces, God offers peace. And uh, sometimes we've had moments where it's instantaneous but there are some times where we've got to actually work for it, not to earn it. But we've actually our mind—it's too simple, it's too easy. God wants our heart; He wants us engaged. So it's, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't uh, have some time to kind of get into it and to know who he is. We talked about praying a few weeks ago, and we talked about, you know, God is good, God is great, and, and all what that meant. But sometimes it takes a little time to really come to the term, God is good. Yeah, God is good, but I'm not feeling it. And we need to sit in that moment and, and think about God's goodness. Think about his greatness. Think about how, uh, how, uh, how he provides for us. But when life seems to be in pieces, God offers us peace. We can go to him. Then we move into the Sermon on the Mount, and When you fast, this is one of those rhythms of life to connect with God. Uh, Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. It's a show. They want people to see how spiritual they are. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head. That was like cleaning up. And wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so fasting, one of these rhythms, I want to talk a little bit about that. I There's a website I showed you there. It's, go, it's, enti- it's a website called Got Questions. For the most part, their answers to any spiritual question is pretty much on target. So I would encourage you uh, to check that out. So I Pulled them up. I said, I want to see the most succinct answer. Sometimes I can look in a book, and they have a whole book that takes 500 pages to say what they say in one paragraph. I like one paragraph better. And so these are some of the thoughts that I saw there. These are not in your notes. Uh, Scripture does not command Christians to fast. It's a method to connect with God. It's one of the methods. We talked about this earlier. We would say, well, reading your Bible. Well, in the early church, no one had Bibles. In the early church, no one read. So, so, so some of these things, uh, you you got to understand what's going on. So it doesn't command us to first. But when you do a spiritual act of whatever to connect with God, don't do it to be a show. Don't do it to, to kind of look, be proud in front of other people. You do it privately. Sometimes what you do that is not seen, actually eventually is seen because it shows up in a transformed, changed life, the way you live, the way you interact with things. Fasting is something that is good, profitable, and beneficial. So it, it is a good thing to do. done it a few times. Probably not enough, but uh, you read the explanation, you'll hear some of that. Fasting and prayer are often linked together, it's showing that you're serious about something. Uh, fasting should take your eyes off the things of this world to focus in on God. It's to try to, try to focus in on him. Uh, sometimes you allow that feeling of hunger to to remind you to check in with God because sometimes we can go hours or a whole day or a few days and when you're fasting, every time you feel hungry, you go, wait a minute, I need to check in with God. I need to let that hunger pain know, remind me that it's just not food that I live on. I live on every word that comes from God so I want this to remind me of that. I want to be aware of that. I want my hunger to remind me to check in with God, to take my eyes off all the distractions. Uh, We can fast from other things I remember one time when I was a youth pastor with, that, with a group before then, uh, we had something called a holiness renewal contract. Ooh, what is that? It worked back then. I wouldn't do it today this way. And we had all these things we were fasting from. And the hardest thing we were fasting from for like a week was TV. And so we all agreed with it. We would not watch any TV, not because TV is bad, not, just because we were going to take any TV time and allocate that towards God time. And it was amazing I think there's probably 15 or 20 of us uh, teenagers and youth leaders who signed on to this thing. And, and, and at the end of it, everybody said that didn't kill me. That actually helped me grow. I, I actually like that. So you can fast from other things. Uh, not, it's not a way to get God to do what we want. It's not like the magic potion that God, if you fast, God can't refuse to give you your selfish way, <laughs> what you want. It's, it's not that. It's not about that. And some people like, if we just fast, then we'll convince God. And we talked about that previously, persistence and all of that. God's not like that mean, disconnected judge we, we looked at a few weeks ago. And it's not a way to uh, appear more spiritual than others. So fasting, or even we to make this into a sermon about rhythms, is a part of having rhythms that connect us with God. Prayer, reading our Bible, going to church, all these kinds of things. There are tons of spiritual disciplines. Some work for some, some people. they are journalers. Some people can't be journalists. Some people like to listen to, to uh, spiritual music, and it just puts them in that place. Some of us aren't big into music, and it just goes on and on and on. There's different things, but there are some mainstays that, that uh, in a sense, put us in God's path pretty, pretty uh, across the board. Um, We need to realize that growing people do consistently what others do occasionally. Uh, Sometimes people will point somebody out and they say, boy, they're kind of in a good place. And I'll say, some of the reason they're in a good place is because they consistently have this rhythm in their life. And can I say, you don't have this rhythm in your life. So you're not going to have that kind of thing because you don't have this rhythm in your life. Uh, Some of us don't want, we want what they have, but we don't want how they got there. Look at some of these Olympic athletes and see what they go through and go, wow, I wish I could do that. No, no you don't, because you would never want to do what they do. They eat, breathe, sleep it all the time. Growing people in whatever discipline they want to grow in do consistently what others do occasionally. I love the way Eugene Peterson repackages this verse. He says this, when you're some appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time town celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normally outward. Shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face, Please do that all the time. Uh, God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you're doing. He will reward you. What's his reward? He shows up more and more in your life. Or maybe it's not that he shows up. You just have eyes to see him showing up because he is showing up. One man says this, Our habits, and I put rhythms, will make us or break us. What? or we become what we repeatedly do. And some of us want certain things in our life, but we're not willing to repeatedly do it. That's the reason. It's as simple as that. Sometimes I talk, well, wanting to lose weight. What do I need to do repeatedly? Just eat less. Then it happens. It's unbelievable. (laughs) You eat less, you lose weight. It's no more magical than that. It's the small things... Rhythms that no one sees that result in the big things everyone wants. Some, someone who can play an instrument. Someone who can do something unbelievable athletically. And we don't realize the small things they've done and the rhythms they're a part of. But we want the scene thing. But we don't realize what went into behind it. And so, when it talks about rhythms of life, we see someone who financially is in a good place, and we wish we were in that financially, that place, we don't understand what they did to get there. I remember my grandfather who passed away in the mid 70s, and his wife, my grandmother, died in the late 60s. So, I vaguely remember her. And they were, you know, my grandfather was born in 1900. And so he went through, he was like, what, 26, 27, and the Great Depression, all those kinds of things. And when they were in that time, they saved every mo- all their money. My, it's, the famous thing is my grandmother had one dress, and every night she would wash it, hang it to dry, and wear it the next day. And they took every penny they had, and they bought land in South Weymouth. And by the time they were in their mid to late 60s, my grandfather was a linesman for New England Telephone. They had a lot of money. And people go, I wish I had that money. No, yeah, you do, but you wouldn't be the person that would only have one dress and wash it every night to save the money. So it was those little things that nobody saw. And I'm sure there's other things like that. So it just really comes down to that. It's no, not rocket science. Thoughts, words, and actions, what we are, or we are what we repeatedly do and some of us don't like to hear this because we realize that there's a lot more power in our lives to control the outcome and what we're about because what we, we are what we repeatedly do, again the person that practices that piano all the time becomes a great pianist, we, we are what we repeatedly do, a couple questions are you choosing between what you want now and what you want most? Uh, that's a question to think about. Are you choosing between what you want now and what you want most? What do you need to do now to have what you want most? I bet most of you, if you took like half an hour this afternoon, could come up with a couple things. And then you have to come back to, are you choosing between what you want now and what you want most? And you say, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm choosing what I want now, not what I want most. Corinthians, we read this. Athletes in training are very strict with themselves, exercising self-control over desire. And for what? For a wreath that soon withers. They've got this crown that was vegetarian. It was like a salad, I don't know, something else. But, and it would eventually wither or crushed, or is simply forgotten. That is not our race as Christians. We run for the crown that we will wear for eternity. It's not that we earn our way to heaven, but we are rewarded for our faithfulness. And the way we are faithful now shows up somehow in the new heavens and the new earth. I can't tell you how it exactly shows up, but it shows up now. And many of us myself included, are going to realize that I bought some things with my life that were just for now. and I wish that I bought some other things that would be with me for eternity. And uh, it doesn't get really any realer than that. No fancier way to say that. No, I could no, I can't. I could do some big Cartwheel dance moves up here. Actually, you saw that. can't do that. So to convince you, but it just is no way to dress that statement up. It is what it is. Let's pray. Would you stand with me in prayer, please? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your love for us. We're thankful that you put in our hands the ability to be a part of things that give us a rhythm that knows you well. We're thankful that you extend that offer to all of us to come to you. And it's not to come to you to put something on that's ill-fitting. It's to put something on that turns out to be light and gives us the freedom to live the life you've called us to live. It helps us to fit in the place you'd have us fit. So Lord, we just thank you for that gift. May it not drift out of our mind too quickly. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be um, wrapping things up right now. Uh, In an email, I mentioned we're going to be doing the offering a little bit differently. Uh, There's going to be some folks receiving the offering, so we're not passing the plate all around. Uh, You also can put your offering uh, in those black boxes. I believe there's three of them in different places. Uh, you can do that. Again, I thank you for your generosity, your sacrificial giving. If you're here for the first time, we're just uh, thankful to have you here. And just a reminder, if next week we don't have church, uh, it will be online. We encourage you to partake that way and uh, continue to pray and continue to be a good neighbor to those around you. Uh, maybe next week more church for you will be being a good neighbor than actually coming and sitting here. So we'll see how that unfolds. God be with you. Have a good week. Take care. Dusty roads in the paradise all of my dirt, all of my shame, in On your way out, pick up a roll of toilet paper and you'll remember that God's got you covered all week, no matter what happens. We've got enough for every family.